Today on Locked on Ducks Hockey, the Ducks get a big win in Minnesota and a preview of tonight's game at the Ponda against the Kings. All this on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon. This is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content, usually Monday through Friday, about the OC's hockey team. Yeah, usually you'll get fresh daily content. I'll explain that in a little bit. But before we get into it, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Since Alexa thinks it's college football season, and it kind of is, try asking Siri. Hey Siri, play the Locked On Ducks podcast and hope that works. If it does, great. If it doesn't, oh well. Then try looking manually on the Apple or Google podcast. If you're listening already, congratulations! You're awesome! And be sure to hit the subscribe button to listen to this podcast daily. Now, I mentioned a few seconds ago that there was no show. There's usually fresh daily content Monday through Friday. But there was no show on Monday or Tuesday. Suffice it to say that stuff happens and technical difficulties arise. It happens. Luckily, I was able to record the Locked on Goals episode during the weekend because, well, the Goals only played one game last week and it was just one game on the Saturday. So I recorded that one right away. So at least that one was already in the back burner. And I got kind of lucky that I was able to record today. And I know it's kind of a late release because I was unable to record yesterday. Well, I'll just say yesterday, Wednesday, I had to work a hockey game. There was a hockey game last night. I had to work it. So I was unable to uh, get my recording back on track yesterday. But I was able to do it today. And that's why this show is coming out a little bit late However, we still have a preview of tonight's Kings-Ducks game. This is round two. But before we get into round two fight, let's talk about the game that happened on Tuesday. This was between the Ducks and the Minnesota Wild. That took place on Tuesday, December 10th. Why was that game such a big deal? Well, it was a big deal because the Ducks had a couple of stinkers and As I mentioned on Locked on Gulls yesterday, there was a couple of roster moves in San Diego. And one big roster move in San Diego was that one of their captains, Sam Carrick, was not playing in San Diego. In fact, he had been called up by the Anaheim Ducks. He had been a healthy scratch until Tuesday. Now, I thought it was weird that they slotted Sam Carrick in the line with Ricard Raquel and Jakob Silverberg. Yeah, really. They put Carrick in there. Carrick has had some NHL experience in the past. He's had a cup of tea before in the lineup. To put him in that line, that's kind of risky. I don't know what Coach Eakins was thinking. Maybe he was thinking right, because guess what happens right away on Tuesday's game? On their first shift, no, their second shift, it was Sam Carrick kind of driving in towards the half-dashers, You know, he got it in deep. He had a very simple play. Sam Carrick just simply drew the puck near the boards, got it in the offensive zone, passed it to Silverberg, and Silverberg had a nice behind-the-back pass to Ricard Raquel opposite the crease, 
and Raquel had an easy goal to make it 1-0 Anaheim only three minutes into the game. And that's something that Sam Carrick does bring. Sam Carrick, he's a quality player. He keeps it simple. You know, gets the puck in deep, makes the right passes. Nothing super flashy about his game, but he gets the job done. And at the time of the call-up, Carrick was the leading scorer for the San Diego Gulls. Right now, he already has an assist for the Ducks from Tuesday's game. But the Ducks weren't done yet. Only a few minutes after that, Cam Fowler got a power play goal. And this is a great power play. You know, great puck movement, something the Ducks have been working on more on special teams. They've been working more on puck movement. They've been working on not just staying around and looking for the play to develop itself. The Ducks are dictating the offense on the power play, and that's something that they need to do more of. Be a little bit more aggressive. Have confidence in your shots, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Getzloff was in there, you know, driving the offense. Kasha got an assist there, and Fowler eventually got the shot for the goal to make it 2-0 Anaheim on the power play. I don't know. I don't want to say that anything's going to turn around because the Ducks are not exactly in the playoff picture, but it's a good sign that the Ducks are finally doing something on the power play. It's about time. So the Ducks actually dominated that first period, and that was one of their better periods to date. In that first period alone, Anaheim outshot Minnesota 14-1. 14-1. In fact, at one point of the game, it was something like 19-3 shots on goal. It was ridiculous. Anaheim had most of the possession. Minnesota looked, I don't want to say too flat, but they look like a team that's not in the playoffs. The only thing that may have woken Minnesota up took place towards the end of the first period where there was a little bit of a kerfuffle between Ryan Hartman and Derek Grant. In fact, Derek Grant got a couple of good shots in there, but so did Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wild. And this was after Holzer got called for a tripping penalty. So the Ducks were already going to be one man down. That fight, as much as Derek Grant wanted to get in there, I think Ryan Hartman really set the tone on that fight. He may have had the better of that, and that woke the crowd up. That woke the team up. And I know fighting isn't exactly wanted by most people in the NHL, but sometimes it is still necessary to have that fight happen to wake your team up. That's what happened with Minnesota because shortly after that, Minnesota finally got on the board in the second period. Yeah, you heard that right. Ryan Hartman, hmm, I think he was the guy that got in the fight. Yeah, Hartman, who would just come off the bench from the fight, he scored the goal to make it 2-1 to one to cut the lead in half. So Hartman not only got the fight in there, but he got the goal. He was two-thirds of a way to a Gordie Howe hat-trick. Very impressive goal indeed. And that was about halfway through the second period. And that's where Minnesota began to turn things around. Before that goal, they only had maybe three or four shots. So for Minnesota to get that goal at the time, you know, Gibson only had four saves and this was halfway through the game that's saying something about how dominant that Anaheim had been but it didn't exactly work out towards the end because in the third period Ryan Donato he got the game tying goal with about 18 minutes left in the third period to tie it up at two and Fiala and Zach Parise each got assists on that play so right away 
Minnesota is starting to pick it up. They got 10 shots in the second period. They got 10 shots in the third period. Through three periods, Anaheim was out shooting Minnesota 33-21. to Still a pretty big discrepancy in shots there. Anaheim still had control of most of the game. They did have some good shots throughout the second and third period, but nothing scratched. There was one that grazed the post. The Ducks did have a power play there at the end. Matt Dumba had a penalty there, but the Ducks did have a couple of good shots on the power play. And to be honest, the special teams have not been better. Special teams, this was one of the better games for the Ducks as far as special teams goes. So the Ducks did go one for three on the power play, but at the end of three periods, it was a two to two tie. And going into overtime, the Ducks didn't look good, mainly because they took a penalty very early on. Ryan Donato had a breakaway shot only maybe 20 seconds into the overtime. And Donato was driving in, but Ryan Getzloff was right next to him. And Getzloff had to try to hook and trip or do whatever to prevent the goal from happening. That, at the time, was a very smart penalty. I know I should say that penalties are not usually good to take. But if Ryan Getzloff was not there, I think Ryan Donato probably would have had a sure goal because it looks like Gibson was about to get beat on that play. And if Donato holds onto the puck, that's an overtime winner for Minnesota. So not a bad penalty to take by Ryan Getzloff, although they were four versus three in overtime. And Minnesota had their shots. They had a lot of shots that missed, Quite a few shots that were blocked and credit the Anaheim defense on special teams for getting the job done. But Minnesota's power play in overtime looked worse than the Ducks. When you're Max Zuccarello, when you're Dumba, Matt Dumba needs to take those shots. Matt Zuccarello needs to take those shots. Zach Parise, he needs to take those shots. Minnesota was standing around like nothing, and the crowd was booing and getting impatient, and I do not blame them because this is something that Anaheim had been accustomed to all season long, standing around. The crowd begins to boo. They begin to get restless. Minnesota did the exact same thing. That's not the game, is it? No. Yeah, that's not how you play hockey. You don't just stand around waiting for the play to come to you. You make your own plays. You dictate the action. Minnesota just completely choked in overtime. They had three shots that actually made it on goal, but they had plenty more that were blocked or simply missed. And even after the power play had ended, there was no whistle. So it was four to four or four on four for the last two and a half minutes of overtime with nothing across the board, so we ended overtime still tied at two goals apiece. So how would the Ducks do in the shootout? Well, find out after the first intermission of this podcast. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. Gotta love that Christmas music right there. Yeah, we are only 13 days away from Christmas. And we're still talking about the game against the Minnesota Wild at St. Paul. And as I mentioned on the last segment, 
So what did happen in the shootout? Well, the Ducks did pretty well. We'll start with Minnesota because they elected to shoot first. Zach Parise had a pretty good shot right down the middle. And credit to John Gibson for closing up that five hole right away. Zach Parise tried a very fast shot. Gibson was right there. Closed it just in time. No five hole there. So immediately, Anaheim has the advantage. And then Ricard Raquel began to go in very slowly. Very, very slowly. Oh, boy. Kapo Kakinen was really trying to keep pace with what Ricard Raquel was doing. And after a couple of very slow fakes and one nice deke, you know, Kakinen went down on his knees, laid down, bit on a fake, and Ricard Raquel had the top shelf open, and he put it away. So that put the Ducks up 1-0 in the shootout. Kevin Fiala was next for the Minnesota Wild, and he simply just lost the puck on the way in. Uh, he tried to fake, mishandled it, lost it. So that gave Anaheim a chance to win the game in the shootout in the second round. And they would tune, tur- turn to Max Comtois? The 20-year-old? Wow. Okay, Max Comtois has never had a shootout attempt in either the National or the American Hockey League. So this was his first ever shootout attempt, and boy, was it a beauty. Max Comtois came in fast on Kakinen and had a nice fake to his left, and it wasn't really a move where the puck went to the left. He did a little bit of a left foot fake, just a very small fake, maybe took about a tenth of a second, just beep, fake, and there was a wide open net for Comtois to put it away and give the Ducks the 3-2 shootout victory at Minnesota. And Comtois looked pretty thrilled after that one. You know, credit to him. His first ever shootout shot, he shot his shot and he made it. And this comes just a month before his 21st birthday. He's not even old enough to drink yet, unless they go to Canada, but he's not old enough for that. So congrats to Max Comtois on his big moment. And the Ducks got a very big win at Minnesota. That gives them a ton of confidence going into tonight's game against the LA Kings. LA had just come off a big win at New York, and we will talk about that momentarily. But first, let's go over some final game stats for the game against Minnesota. The Ducks did outshoot Minnesota 33-24 to in the game. However, most of those shots came in the first period. Minnesota came back strong in the second and third periods. Uh, faceoffs, Ducks won is 62 to 38%. And once again, I got to give a lot of credit here to Adam Henrique, who did really well in the faceoff dot. And once again, the Elite 1C doing it again, Derek Grant. He won the majority of his faceoffs. Uh, Grant had a very good game. He had, you know, a couple of really good shots, a couple of good hits. You know, I thought he had a pretty solid game. I thought that line of Silverberg with Sam Carrick going in, that's a good Good pairing, I think. Uh, Silverberg, Carrick, Henrique, you know, that's that's a line that I think should stick together, personally. And I know they've been slotting different centers in there for the last few weeks. And I like Carrick in there. I would like to see Grant maybe go in there once or twice, although I don't think Grant is that high of a center. But to put Carrick in there, you know, Carrick is kind of a veteran player. He's been around the block for a long time. 
He's been a San Diego goal for the last four or five seasons. He's a, one of the captains there. Uh, some of his career stats. He's had a handful of games with the Ducks. He played six games in Anaheim last season. So this isn't his first rodeo. And him getting an assist on yes on Tuesday's game, you know, that really showed me something there. So I wouldn't be surprised if Carrick stays up with the Ducks for a while. Uh, that remains to be seen. After the second intermission, we will quickly preview tonight's game against the Los Angeles Kings. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. We're going to go over this preview of the Kings and Ducks quickly. And I'll start with saying that the LA Kings just came off of a 3-1 victory against the New York Rangers at the Staples on Tuesday night. However, I would consider it a 2-0 victory because, you know, there was some garbage time goals. New York scored one, you know, very, very late in the game. The Kings scored one on an empty netter. That last goal prevented Quick from getting his first shutout of the season. Yeah, Jonathan Quick has zero shutouts this season, but that's a reflection of how bad the Kings defense has been all season long. This goes back to the Ontario Reign defense being a picket fence defense. LA Kings, same thing. So that's something that the Ducks could take advantage of yet again. The last time these two teams met, Anaheim beat LA pretty good, and this was 10 days ago. L.A. is one of the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde teams when it comes to home and road records. The L.A. Kings are 10-6-1 at Staples Center. Away from Staples Center, they are 2-12-1. And while some would say that the L.A. Kings might consider this a, quote, home game, unquote, for the Kings, the last time at Honda Center, last Monday night, there was maybe only 2,000 Kings fans there. That's disappointing for the Kings fans to show up in such low numbers on the last game. So if there's any Kings fans that wants to maybe better support their team tonight, they might come out more. But this is still going to be considered a Ducks home game because the Kings fans are just not coming out on the road this season. And the 2-12-1 record shows it. Wow, only 5 points in 15 games. That is that is terrible. That's abysmal. As far as the Anaheim Ducks go, they are 8-6-2 at home. They're looking to extend their winning streak to two games right now they sit at 13 14 and 4 looking to break even and become 14 4 and 4 after tonight's game Anaheim right now they're riding pretty high after that last shootout victory that we just talked about both teams coming in feeling pretty confident the Kings are feeling confident because they just beat a team that had shut out the Vegas Golden Knights a few days prior to that and this is technically the start of a road trip for the Kings but I don't know if I would call this a road trip game because the players for the LA Kings are still going to sleep in their own beds tonight before they leave on their road trip. The Kings begin a long road trip and this is going to be a long one for the Kings because and they're going to I believe the East Coast. I know they have Detroit in there. They have Boston. Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. They have at Pittsburgh, at Detroit, at Boston, Columbus and at Buffalo before they come back home two days before Christmas to have a one-game homestand against the St. Louis Blues. So this is a big road trip for the Kings. And as far as the Ducks go, they have a nice short homestand before they go on their own road trip. The Ducks begin a two-game homestand against the Kings and the Rangers before the Ducks go on their own East Coast road trip 
where they faced the Philadelphia Flyers and the three Greater New York teams, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, in that order, before their Christmas break. So tonight's game, Ducks and Kings, round two of this crosstown rivalry. Who will come out victorious? Well, find out on tomorrow's show because on tomorrow's podcast, we'll have Sarah Avampado from Locked on Kings and Jewels from the Crown. She'll be coming back and we'll break down tonight's game and that will be tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. And you can listen to any of the previous shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to follow us on Twitter. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD. And check the Twitter accounts. I still post hockey stuff. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you want to chat hockey with me, hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, tomorrow I'll be joined by the one and only Sarah Avampado from Locked On Kings. This is Jason J.D. Hernandez for Locked On Ducks saying have a great day. I'll see you at the rink and ducks fly together, Anaheim.